What up, AOTA family? Welcome to Passing Period and All the Above Podcast Extra. We like to drop these in between our full episodes. Our full episodes are, of course, uh, video shows primarily, although they are available as a podcast. And we have super dope guests. Our most recent guest, Dr. Valeria Big Eagle. Super dope episode. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you check that out. But it takes a while to edit all that. And in between those video episodes, those full episodes with the super dope guests, we like to drop these passing periods where it's just Jeff and myself speaking about or exploring headlines and and stories that maybe we didn't explore in our most recent full episode. So my name is Manuel Rustin, your favorite teacher's favorite teacher. And I'm here with Jeff. Jeff, it's July. The month is wrapping up. The summer's going by really quickly really quickly. It's the the end of July, I should specify. And um, yo, school's around the corner, man. School is around the corner. But if I do recall correctly, Jeff, um, there was a lot of talk of the pandemic being over back in May and and June. And it was so over that we had a a 4th of July weekend where folks were all over the place, man. So talk to us. What are we going to talk about this episode? Are we going to celebrate the pandemic being over? Uh, what what pandemic are you talking about? You mean that um, that democratic hoax, uh, China, Chinese hoax? Is that what you mean? Well, Jeff, I'll have you know, Dr. Fauci is part of uh, Pfizer, and um, he was at that Wuhan lab with with a collection of cultural Marxists who are um, basically <laughs> plotting to uh, you know just destroy the liberal order. <laughs> I, I think my favorite phrase of the right wing insanity right now is cultural Marxist. Man, it is uh, hilarious. And apologies <laughs> to any listeners who are tired of hearing us use that phrase. It's just so funny. I'm like, what, what does that actually mean, man? Does that have any actual meaning in real life? I'm, I'm it's not such sure. lazy intellectualism. Uh, <laughs> it's like... Wow, like Marx wanted to, you know, make us all the same economically and cultural Marxists want to make us all the same, what, culturally, I guess, racially, I like just yeah, destroy whiteness yeah, and, know, and make man. everybody, I don't know, man. They just be making stuff up for the, for the, like, what they are good at is just like inflammatory language that feels. It resonates, like, man. It, it resonates feels, with a lot of folks. Yeah, it feels like it should be something serious to pay attention to, cultural Marxism, um, it sounds so smart, it but does. it's like it obviously not. But it um, but anyways, yeah. So that yeah, that pandemic, Jeff. Are we gonna? Is this the week that we celebrate it being over? Uh, I will say, Manuel, I was watching the opening ceremonies of the Olympics yesterday uh, on the on the rebroadcast on you know this side of the globe, and yesterday evening. I love the opening of the Olympics because it's just a beautiful celebration of humanity. Um, And I know the Olympics got all kinds of problems. I know it. Um, Economic problems, social problems, gender problems, colonial, you know, Chinese Taipei ain't really a country. It's Taiwan, okay? (laughs) Like whatever weird flag they have the Russian athletes walking under because they won't call it Russia because of the doping scandals. All of that. I know it all. And it's still wonderful and beautiful and I love it. And at the same time, Mike Tirico found it in his mind to say post-pandemic at some point, referring to like the moment we're in now. And I was like, bruh, have you looked at the the ceremony that you're broadcasting? Like there's no one in the stands. We got spikes all over the globe right now. Delta variant is just running through 
the low vaccinated parts of this country right now, including young people, um, some of whom are winding up in the hospital, certainly at a higher rate than we saw in the alpha, et cetera, variants. So, <laughs> you know, we have reason to be concerned right now, Manuel. I'm, I am currently right now looking at the curve uh, over the last year and a half um, for the state of California. And on the graph, the curve that we are in right now looks like the, the exact same uh, beginning of the shape of the curve from one year ago. Okay? So, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what to tell you, Manuel. Um, I certainly, if I were a parent in this moment, would be deeply concerned. Um, we have right now, let me get the, the numbers... Uh, oh man, I just had it in front of me. And of course, now that I need it, I don't have the numbers in front of me, Manuel. Um, They're bad. But the numbers are bad. Okay, here we go. Uh, as of a week ago, 38% of 16 to 17 year olds were fully vaccinated, according to the CDC. Now that's national data, so it could be higher here in California or lower. We don't know. And 26% of 12 to 15 year olds were vaccinated, okay? So 60% of high school students at least uh, unvaccinated and more like 75% of, you know, 12 to 15 year olds unvaccinated. So this is an issue, man. Um, we, we at least need to be having a lot of conversation about, hey, what does this mean for us, Manuel? So, um, yeah, that, I'm sorry. I got I got to rambling a little bit there, but we are still mid-pandemic. And for young people and unvaccinated people, we might be at the beginning of a new pandemic uh, or a new wave of pandemic. And so that's where we are. Yeah, it's 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 certainly not looking good. And as a teacher, I just I think back to May when we were wrapping up our school year. Uh, my school district, like I think most school districts, um, by by that point, by May, transitioned to like a hybrid situation where students had the choice of coming in person or staying home, yada, yada, whatever. Uh, as we wrapped up that school year, I just remember the the number of cases in Los Angeles County going down and, and being so low that it was like, yo, this, this might actually be over. Because I remember at the height of the pandemic, at least within Los Angeles County, the daily case rate was like, well over 10,000. It was like 10,000, 11,000, 13,000 uh, positive cases each day. And by the end of May and into June, that number had gone way down. It was like, you know, 200 cases for Los Angeles County, such a massive, uh, massive population. So it just really felt like, yo, we are, we're getting up out of here. And by, by the fall, by fall school year, I fully expected packed classrooms with or without masks, just like a, a true, like, Post pandemic, like that's that's that was that was my freedom dream at that time, Jeff. And I I thought we were heading there. And slowly but surely, over the course of the summer, those days of like two hundred cases, um, one hundred and forty cases are like past past us. Like they're 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 in the past, I should say. And we've we've creeped back up. And I think this week we crossed the thousand case mark, and then it across the 2000 case mark. And I think yesterday, Jeff, yesterday in Los Angeles County, there were over 3000 
positive cases. And it's just like, yo, what? What what happened to like the the measly like hundred or two hundred that that we had here in L.A. and it's just it's trending in the very much wrong direction. Just as school is like creeping back up, just as the school year is getting really close. So for my school district, students come back. I think August thirteenth or something like that. I know it's a Thursday. I don't remember the the actual date, but that's basically three weeks from now. So three weeks from now, and the way things are going. It just, now I'm worried. Now I'm worried, Jeff, because all my planning, all my thinking, all everything in terms of like what I'm going to be doing in my classroom to help students transition back to regular school and transition back to like hopefully a a, a humanizing, fulfilling in-person experience. I'm realizing like, whoa, wait, they're... They, they might put back some limits. Like I might not be able to have students seated the way I wanted them to be seated. And um, what if it gets to the point where like, a significant portion of of families want that that virtual option again because the the cases are going the wrong direction and now i'm just like uh that uncertainty of like whoa like we're we're definitely not out of it and my thinking my my vision of fall semester might end up being like really wrong uh that's that is bringing me to a place of like stress and anxiety that i thought i was clear from at least in terms of the pandemic. So thankfully, at least in California, the masks in schools is just a tiny debate. There's only a tiny sliver of the population out here that has been vocal about not wanting students to have masks. Most areas, most districts, like having all students and all adults have to wear masks during school is like just non-controversial. So I think our superintendent already announced like, yo, we're we're fully in person five days a week and everybody's got to wear a mask. And I don't think there was any real pushback for that. So so that helps. Um, I mean, I, I assume most of my students, based on my conversations with them last year, I assume most of them are vaccinated. Like they were definitely like, eager to get their their shots. They, we had a vaccination clinic on campus and I remember students being really eager to get the information about that. And I, you know, I myself obviously am vaccinated. I hope our whole staff is, I guess you don't know for a fact, but I'm totally comfortable being in the classroom with a room full of kids, especially if we're all masked up. But for the safety of those few students who might not be vaccinated and the safety for the safety of their families, for sure. And again, I'm talking high school here. I'm a high school teacher. Um, yeah, I want everyone to be masked up. And I, I want us to, to, aside from the masks, I want us to have a, a rather regular in-person experience where folks, you know, students being able to work in groups and things like that. And now I'm really worried that some of those pre-pandemic realities might not be allowed this year in terms of students sitting in groups and that sort of stuff. So I'm worried, man. I'm worried. It's it's not yeah, looking you, good. It's not looking good. You should be worried. You should be worried, man. I am looking, uh, like I said, at you know, at the graph. Um, you mentioned cases in LA County, July twenty third. So yesterday there were three thousand uh, new cases. Okay, seven day average is twenty one hundred cases a day. Now, that is roughly equivalent to where we were exactly one year ago. Except you have to layer on top of that the fact that there's a huge swath of the adult population that is uh, that is vaccinated right now. Right. And like think about how many of those cases a year ago was also like senior citizens living in, you know, um, facilities, yeah. right? nursing homes or transitional care facilities or hospitals or that kind of thing. So and those folks are 
overwhelmingly vaccinated now. So we are seeing the pandemic really escalating right now among, in particular, the unvaccinated. And who's unvaccinated, for sure, <laughs> uh, in, this, in this context? Kids, young kids in particular, but also we know there's, there's just low vaccination rates, generally speaking, right now across this, the, um, the uh, country and the state of high school students and, um, and middle school students, eligible, vaccine-eligible youth. So I, you know, I think, Manuel, even though I'm really glad that we have, uh, you know, we live and work in a county in a context where like masking, mask mandates in schools are going to be present. I think, of course, that should be what we do right now. Of course. If someone told you, Manuel, that there was a person walking around, going into schools and shooting kids, and they were only going to shoot like, you know, three out of 100 kids. And most of the kids who got shot were going to survive. They were just going to be like down for a couple weeks, you know. So only something like 1% or less than 1% were going to have to go to the hospital. And then only a slice of those folks were actually going to die. But if I told you that was happening, man, well, we would have freaking tanks and National Guard and like sheriff yep. SWAT teams and LAPD and all the PDs would be like out on the corner, helicopters overhead, like trying to find this evil terrorist who is killing our kids. Parents would be locking the doors, buying up all the toilet paper and stuff again. Okay. But for whatever yep. reason, we have just become, you know, adjusted to or something, the, the news about the pandemic. And so we're like, OK, it's cool. You know, it's not that big of a deal. We've seen worse. I'm like, nah, bro, we, this is bad. This is really bad right now. Um, in, or I should say this is trending in a really bad way precisely because we have so many vaccinated people. So what is happening is concentrated in such a small group. And ostensibly, there are fewer transmission vectors available for this virus since it, we believe, transmits less effectively through vaccinated people. And yet it is transmitting just as effectively as it was a year ago, which means it's probably transmitting much more effectively <laughs> than the strain we were dealing with a year ago. So why we would even be talking about anything other than like, how do we set up real uh, safety protocols in schools is mind boggling to me. Like, I, you know, I don't get that. So I, what I, what I'm saddened by Manuel and also worried about is that we may have to go back to to like a hybrid kind of situation because don't even say that man cuz look man 30 I can't do it. 30 kids in a room even with masks on the delta variant you know and and rotating to different rooms right and using the same small poorly ventilated bathrooms that we have in in public schools across the country i i'm I'm anxious, man. I'm getting real nervous, man. Well, I don't want it to happen, but I'm like, the the numbers don't look good right now, and I don't, I, you know, I don't know how we're gonna keep kids safe, in particular. Well, the sad answer to that is 
most areas just aren't going to keep kids safe. And when I say that, I mean, most areas across the country, I mean, there are already eight states, eight states that have prohibited, prohibited their school districts from requiring face masks in the classroom, period. So in a lot of areas of the country, too many areas of the country, this is a survival of the fittest, like good luck situation. And it was that last fall in a lot of places. Last fall, it it was that. Um, But I I wanna say like at least last fall, enough folks were still in their, their own personal pandemic protocols of like, not going out too much, not not taking unnecessary risks, being in crowds, this and that, whatever. You know, we didn't have like stadiums full of people and all that stuff back in the last fall. That like, you know, I guess a lot of areas were able to to uh, I don't know to not have. I mean, I don't know. It was really bad in those areas too. Yeah, Jeff, I just don't know. I don't know because like yeah. last fall, so many places were on a you're on your own. So many school systems were on a you're on your own mentality and. You know, it was what it was. We lost a lot of school personnel to COVID and here we are again in the fall. And now this strain is more evidently, I mean, I'm not an epidemiologist or whatever, but this strain is even more aggressive and it's a lot more of the good luck and you're on your own, which is, I, I just can't imagine how bad that might get. And I guess, you know, that this has been the story of the week. Uh, and I think, you know, the NFL's entered the fray and said, if, if your team um, has to uh, forfeit a game because of a COVID outbreak among your uh, unvaccinated players, then then that's a forfeit. They're like, that's a loss on you and you don't get paid for that week. And, and it sounds like some of the politicians on the right are starting to like sort of change their tune and try to encourage folks to vaccinate after allowing the misinformation to spread for so many months already. But it's just not looking good generally. And I'm thinking just my own school system. So like, thankfully, my district, we don't have a ton of that disinformation out there. I didn't really have any students, at least that spoke to me about it last last spring, who were like, you know, on some conspiracy theory stuff around the vaccine. Like, again, the pandemic hit our population really hard. And my students were very eager to uh, get vaccinated and get their their families vaccinated. So that's, you know... In our school system, I'm hoping that folks are, that it will be safe enough that we'll be okay and not have to go to hybrid. But I can't say necessarily that that's going to be the case if if folks under 12. So, you know, what is 12? I mean, what grade is that? Like fourth grade or something? Uh, it's sixth and seventh grade. Yeah, I don't, I, my elementary understanding is is non-existent. But like, so if all, if, if kindergartners, preschoolers, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, up to into sixth grade, if those students aren't vaccinated at all, man, what about those educators? You know, if I'm an educator in a room full of kids and none of them are vaccinated and I hear about these breakthrough cases, which are still a a really, really rare case, but still like if you're around that many people every day for, you know, all day, every day, I would be really, really worried. And then those kids going back to their families and it's just a, it's a, I hate, I don't want to paint a doom and gloom picture here because, you know, folks don't tune into us (laughs) <laughs> to get depressed. But I think folks who are listening, who are educators or who have ki- and or have school-aged children uh, here in California specifically, I think there's a, a real uncertainty about what this might look like as we go back to school in the coming weeks. And Jeff, as an educator, as a classroom teacher, I don't know if I could do more online school. Like, I just don't know. I mean, obviously I don't have the option. Like I got bills to pay too. Not that I'm in it for the money, <laughs> but like- if it was like, yo, Rustin. I, I always knew you were just here to get paid, Mr. Rustin. I always knew you were just here for the check. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, 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 
Uh, I just, yeah. I, I don't know if I could do it again. I don't, it was so hard. That online school stuff was so hard. And granted, I'd be more used to it this time around, but I barely met. And more importantly, much more importantly, I don't know if, if my high school students could do any more of that. I mean, they, they held on so much last year as we were like, yo, we'll be back in October. Okay, we'll be back in November. Okay, next semester we'll be back. Okay, spring break we'll be back. And then by the end, so many had already just disengaged from any semblance of like hoping to be back in school in a regular way. I don't know what it will be like if we started the school year on that same tip, on that same like, yo, okay, so it's still, we're still under these heavy protocols, but you know, we'll be good by November. Yeah, I, I don't know if they could do it. I'm pretty sure I could not do it, but I would because reality, but oh man. Yeah, you know, I, I, um, I think the reality is people are resilient creatures, right? And, and so we will persevere one way or another uh, through this situation. I think for me, what is, what is unfortunate and what is frustrating about this moment is that um, it didn't have to be this way, right? And even, even right now, like today, we are three weeks away from the start of the school year um, in Los Angeles, in, in Los Angeles Unified at least, and in many school systems throughout the state of California. If every eligible child, or let's say 95% of eligible children, right, because there's probably going to be some with medical conditions or other things, right, um, got vaccinated, either single dose, um, you know, uh, Johnson and Johnson or, you know, Pfizer or Moderna, right? Um, by the relative start of, of the school year, um, we could have a situation where, uh, where at least in our high schools, right? And mostly in our middle schools, right? So like sixth grade is going to be funky because you got uh, still got a significant number of 11, 11 year olds in sixth grade. But um, you know, most of our secondary schools could be like close to fully vaccinated environments, right? And then we would be like, okay, well, the kids who have, you know, who are battling cancer or the kids who are, have severe disabilities and like, you know, can't wear, can't wear a mask uh, because they, you know, they can't um, or hearing impaired folks, um, you know, that sort of thing. Like they, they could also be protected <laughs> at school, right? Um, and I don't actually know what the vaccination rate is among educators. I feel like almost all the educators I know have gotten vaccinated, but I also know some who, you know, who haven't. And so I don't know what the herd immunity situation is among the educators, but like we could have done this, man. Well, we could have done it and we just didn't, man. And I am first in line to distrust pharmaceutical companies. And I was for sure first in line to distrust the Trump administration when they were talking about whatever Operation Warp Speed or whatever nonsense they were talking about in 2020 about vaccines. I was like, well, I'm not gonna be first in line for the Trump vaccine. <laughs> like, hell no. Yeah. But um, at this point, we have what, 100 million people walking around the United States who've gotten vaccinated. Not a single person has a mushroom growing out of their forehead. You know, a few people have had 
severe reactions, which is tragic, and that you could inject 100 million people with any substance on Earth, and some people are going to have an adverse reaction to it. And that's not to minimize that, but that's to say that's a totally separate question from are the vaccines safe and effective? And the reality is they are. And so we, we didn't have to be here, man. We didn't. And yet we are. And it's frustrating because now the politics starts to intermix with the conversation about public health and safety and the ethical obligations of school. Right. And so. Yeah. You know, we're not looking at a situation where there's going to be more extensions of economic safety nets for families. So community pressure on school to watch the kids all day is going to be super high because parents got to work. Um, and political pressure to keep the, you know, keep the parents working is going to be super high because companies are trying to get the profit machine, you know, maximized again. And, uh, you know. Politicians are going to want to win to, you know, be like, I opened the schools and we did the schools and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then who's looking out for the safety of kids and educators? You know, and, and I'm not I'm yeah. not sure. Last year in L.A., I, I will be straight up. You know, I have a lot of respect for how the district leadership handled the pandemic overall. But in this in this moment a year ago, when the pressure was like, we got to reopen, we got to reopen, it was the teachers union that was the one powerful voice in the equation that was like, nah, that's crazy. We're not reopening. And it, when they spoke, it changed the whole narrative. And I don't know. Um, I have not heard. I'm not, you know, in transparency, I'm not like, you know, in with union leadership or something. So the fact that I haven't heard doesn't necessarily mean something in particular, but I don't know if they're going to come through with um, a message that is going to like push responsible public health policy in schools this year or not. I, I have no idea. So it's a question in my mind and I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried right now. Uh, about the, what this means for um, for kids in school and their safety and also for educators because we're even seeing more breakthrough cases. Like if you have the vaccine, you're not winding up in the hospital on a ventilator from the Delta variant from, from what I've been reading. But we are seeing more breakthrough cases, right? And so even vaccinated staff could be a vector for you know, for the disease between students at school or between school and home or other settings. And so, you know, of course yeah. we need to be masked up. That, that to me, that feels like a, like, we're, we're yeah. so far away from talking about being unmasked in school right now uh, with any straight face. Um, Kids need freedom, Jeff. Kids need a freedom to breathe, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. I heard wearing a mask gives you COVID because it keeps the virus in there, actually. <laughs> so. it, it's, it's a lot of things, and it's the path towards, path towards um, uh, uh, whatever they're Cens saying. Censorship kind of, and cultural Marxism, I think. All that, yes. all that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm worried, obviously. I think most educators, at least here in California— Honestly, think I, I honestly think most of us are going to be okay because most of us are vaccinated. Most of our schools, if not all of our schools, will have everybody masked up. Um, you know, I, I don't foresee this being something that 
that shuts down schools again in the same kind of way that schools were shut down before. However, however, I do also worry that we have kind of wasted a summer of preparing. Like I think this, we, you know, we've discussed this on the show, the idea of an online option. I think like plans should have been rolled out over the summer for all districts to have a robust online option for students and families who, who uh, opt into that. And I think if we had that really rolled out in a clear way for everybody, these weeks could be the time to tell, to, you know, to strongly encourage, strongly encourage those who are vaccinated, those students who are vaccinated and those families who are vaccinated to, you know, opt for the in-person and those who are not vaccinated to consider the online. Like, I, I, I wish we could have cleared that up during the summer so that we could start, start the school year with a, a heavily, mostly vaccinated folks in person and those who are not vaccinated, keep them safe with the online option, or at least they, they know that they had that option. And if they choose to go in person, at least they know, or at least are more clear of the risks. Um, we could have done that I, I didn't see very much of that happening around here. So I just, I, whatever happens, I just hope that we don't have, we don't find ourselves having to uh, readjust our plans like on a whim because things get so bad and we have to like totally radically change whatever we had planned. I hope things don't get that bad. I hope we are already seeing the worst of it. I hope this week was kind of like a peak because you know we had 4th of July a couple of weeks ago and it just seems like that might've been the weekend where this Delta like really got going. And I hope we come back down maybe and that folks see this and like, okay, let me go ahead and get that shot because because this is uh, worse than than maybe I thought before. So hopefully this is you know one of those episodes that we'll look back on and be like, man, remember we were worried and all that. Nah, man, that was just a little blip. We we're cool. We cool. Hopefully Mike Tarico was well. We know he wasn't right. This is not post pandemic, but hopefully his words weren't as wrong as they seemed last night when he said that. And by the way, Mike Tarico. Uh, <laughs> folks who are listening now, you might not know him by name, but you definitely recognize him because he's sort of like he's a very uh, he you know. He, host the Olympics, but he's hosted so many sports events. And even if you're not a sports person, like if you Google Mike Tirico, T-I-R-I-C-O, you'll be like, oh, that guy, like, you know, friendly face. He's been all over TV for a long time. And uh, apparently a lot of folks don't realize that um, he's not black, or at least according to him, he is not black. And his his heritage is, is purely Italian. And although those two are not mutually exclusive, there are plenty of black Italians. Uh, he has said, according to his understanding of his family history, um, there's no no black in there. So yeah, just a little factoid, a little factoid for y'all out there. If you Google his picture and be like, whoa, he's not black, um, you might be as shocked as I was. But in any case, Jeff, you know, we're gonna get through it. We are here. As educators, with our, our listeners, our AOTA family, we know that we have multiple, multiple challenges ahead of us regarding the, the backlash to teaching uh, honest, uh, honest views of, of systemic racism and honest history and reckoning of our country. And, and we know there's, there's that battle going on. We know the pandemic is, is ever changing and, and, you know, it might get worse before it gets better. And we know that just in general, being an educator is tough. Like during normal years where we don't have this racist backlash and we don't have a pandemic, just a normal year, being an educator is, is hard work, but we are gonna get through it together, no doubt. No doubt about that. Uh, Jeff, anything else for, for our AOTA family listeners out there? Yeah, I would um, I would say two things, Manuel. First of all, in the um, uh, in the fantastic uh, newly remixed words of uh, Juvenile, I'm gonna say uh, vax that thing up, okay? 
Um, if, you, if you've been on the fence, if you've been worried about the Tuskegee experiments happening all over again, if you've been like pharmaceutical companies are the devil, I hear you 100%. And go get your free effective safe vaccine because COVID is going to kill you. Uh, if, if you do, well, I shouldn't say. COVID is coming your way and your likelihood of being infected is super high. So we ain't got time to play around. It's killing us the most. So go get vaccinated, please. Okay, that's message number one. Uh, message number two, Manuel, is, um, you know, I, in as much as we have talked about uh, scary, big, serious things today, um, in, in the also uh, wonderful, inspirational words of uh, Kendrick Lamar, um, who, I, who I, you know, sometimes don't appreciate, frankly. But uh, we're going to be all right, man. It's going to be all right. And, um, you know, I, I have faith in that. I think uh, we are resilient people. It's going to be okay. Oh. So um, enjoy the summer, people. Uh, get your rest in. Take care of yourselves. Be safe. And um, here's to a restorative, beautiful, affirming restart of, of the upcoming school year. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope, I hope Jeff's microphone's still recording because um, those of y'all that listen to our passport periods regularly, you might notice sometimes his audio sounds different at the very end because sometimes he, he does not remember to, to reset his recording device, which, you know, runs out of space and he has to reset it. See, and sometimes we got to go with the zoom back up curtain, and I don't want to put him on blast, but. Supposed to be behind the curtain. Nah, okay? man. Anybody who's still listening and, at this point and, in the episode is true AOTA <laughs> family, and they need to know because they probably noticed in the past, like, man, his audio changed out of nowhere. What's what? What happened there? So you know what I'm saying? You know, true AOTA family that's listening. I'm back, on, I'm back on my A game. I caught it this week, so uh, it's all good. Nice. Well. It's all good. Awesome. All right, folks. <laughs> uh, man, we really love and appreciate y'all, and we. Can't express enough just uh, our appreciation for the the ratings and the reviews and those of y'all who have shared us uh, with your your other colleagues and educators and all that good stuff, man. Just uh, we love that. We appreciate y'all. Please, 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 please enjoy whatever you have left of your summer break because we have we have a challenging year ahead. We will get through it, like Jeff just said, quoting the great Kendrick Lamar. We're gonna be all right. All right, folks, that about does it for this week's passing period. We'll be back at you next week with a tremendously dope guest, tremendously dope guest, uh, Jesse Hagobian, to talk about this backlash, this uh, CRT craziness and his work in organizing uh, Black Lives Matter at school um, and all kinds of organizing stuff that he does. So, uh, yeah, definitely check that out one week from today. All right, folks, but now it's time for you to go ahead and get to class. <laughs>